0: Hey guys, it's Garrett. Today I'm here with the third episode of POV. You were thirsty, but now you're satisfied. Rashid Flowers is a professor at the University of Kentucky and is excited to be walking us through John 7, 37 through 39. Because of what Jesus has done, we no longer have thirst. He provides living water, which if you're wondering what does that even mean? Come learn with us as we hear what Rashid had to say. How's it going? I'm so grateful and privileged to be here. My name is Rasheed Flowers, I'm a professor uh, in the Department of Kinesiology and Health Promotion. Uh, I teach sport leadership. Uh, I was a graduate student at University of Kentucky from 2017 until 2022, and God graced me with the honor and privilege to be able to be a professor here, something I never thought would be possible, so I'm so grateful uh, to be here. Um, and then. The fact that Crew is here in the home turf, like College of Ed, that's where I work, uh, so it's really cool and awesome to see Jesus being praised in this building. And this room, this is the same room where we have department meetings, so praise God that his praises are being lifted up in this place. That, that's incredible to me. Uh, so grateful for Lee, uh, Thomas, and the rest of the Crew staff for having me here. Uh, crew was a vital ministry for me. Uh, I was a part of it uh, during my graduate years, also uh, starting another campus ministry, the Impact Movement, which branched out of Crew. Uh, so you got good people here. Um, campus ministry is super important. So I'm so grateful to see so many faces here. I know that I would not be following Jesus. I would. I don't know what I would be or where I'd be if there wasn't campus ministries and people that were so faithful uh, to be a part of the ministry and bring people into a relationship with Christ and show people at the college level that. God has a plan for you, he loves you, and uh, anything that college can offer will not truly satisfy like he can. All right, so let me pray before I, we start going into this. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity for us to gather. Uh, we pray, God, that your name will be honored and glorified in here tonight. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing in your sight. And let us be able to learn more and uh, further our walk with you. Amen. All right, let's look at the scripture. All right, so the point of view is that you were satis- wait, you were thirsty, but now you're satisfied. So let's read the scripture. It says, from John seven thirty seven, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, for Jesus had not been yet glorified. All right, I'm kind of hungry uh, out here, Um, so I got some some good foods up there. Who loves ice cream? Okay, what's the best ice cream? Coffee? Coffee? All right, uh, how about this? Who has the best ice cream? Graters, Graters is pretty good. Crank and Boom though, Crank and Boom. All right, uh, let's see, hamburger. Uh, I could definitely go for a cookout tray right now. Substitute the shake for a shake. Pizza, who has the best pizza? Please don't say Papa John's. Yeah, Domino's is pretty good the garlic crust? Okay, what about some water? Who loves some water? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I like water, but like there's nothing like having a meal with some juice, man. For real. Or like after a hard workout, you're just like, man, I need some water. For real. Look, some of y'all hungry about to eat the screen. So uh, the, the point of this slide, or what I was trying to say, is that sometimes you ever get this craving, you're like, man, I really want to go to cookout, or I really want to go to this place, or I really want to do this thing. And you go, and you get it, and you eat it, and you're like, wow, this is really good. I love this. But then like two hours later, you're hungry. That's like the worst. It's like, wow, I've been, I've been wanting this so bad, or I've wanted to cook this. You go, you get it, you eat, it's good. But then it's like two hours later, it's hungry. And like maybe a few hours later, I forgot what it even tastes like. And that's what our bodies desire. Our bodies have a natural desire and craving for food. We need food. We need food to function. And the issue is, though, shortly after, we're, we're left needing and wanting more. So I want to share a little bit about my story and how it relates to this. I'm going to connect it somehow. Uh, but I was in your shoes a couple years ago, not, not too long ago, but I went to the Ohio State University for undergrad. Yeah, oh man, yes, thank you. He's a real one. That's why his last name's Villa Real. yeah. Okay, but anyway, I, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, probably like many of you all. My parents raised me to know Christ, and I grew up in church, I was serving, I was a part of church, and I had a relationship with God. In high school, you know, it was okay, But I knew in college because of the foundation that my parents built that I needed to get rooted and grounded in a church. And I was walking around campus and they had this sidewalk chalk they wrote on the ground, H2O, come check it out. So I did, I went, and it was awesome. It was a community just like this. We went to church, uh, we worshiped, we had Bible studies together, and it was really cool. But there was this little inkling in me saying like, I am at Ohio State, you know? So like, what's Ohio State about, if you know what I mean? So I wanted to live kind of this double life. Like half of me is like invested in church and my faith, but this other half is like, yo, where the party at? Can we be real for a second? Okay, yes. So I I was like, I want to see what this is about. I have this freedom. I have this independence. So I'm going to go to these parties. I go Friday, Saturday, but then I go to church on Sunday. And I remember one day my sophomore year, Uh, After the party was over, all the fun, all the drinking was over. Um, My friends left. It's 3 a.m. I'm walking down the street by myself, and I'm like, man, there's got to be more than this. In the moment, it was so fun, but when it was all over, when all the fun and games were over, and you get sober, then you're like, wow. Then life hits. It hits. And I was like, empty. Like I, I felt like something was missing in my life. And even alongside of that, there was this this thing with sports. I got the opportunity to wrestle my freshman year at Ohio State, and it was really great experience. I, I learned a lot, I got beat up every day, because <laughs> there was like guys that they could count on their fingers how many times they lost a match in their entire life. And I loved it, I loved that experience, but I, I was struggling with identity. So I ended up... Um, stopping wrestling because my wrestling coach said, I think you might be a better track and field runner. You should run track and field instead. So I had a meeting with the track coach. I was gonna do track and field, but I was struggling academically and I couldn't do it. I didn't have the opportunity to because I needed to get my grades up. So then after that, I called the wrestling coach. I said, hey, can I get back on the team? And he's like, nope, sorry, the roster's filled. So then what do I decide to do? I decided to try out for the football team. So I tried out for the football team three times. The first two times I got really close, they asked me to stay after the tryout and do some extra drills. With that being said, I thought for sure that I had made the football team. The coach didn't get back to me, it was a week and a half and my friend said, we need to go over there and see what's going on. The coach said, hey, um, you weren't very fluid in your hip movements, uh, you're not in great shape and condition to be a safety or a cornerback on the Ohio State football team. And my friend was like, man, that's stupid. We could come to practice early and do drills. We could stay after practice and do drills. Like, we could get better. But at that moment, I thought, like, oh, man, like, that's where the reality really set in, that I was finding my hope, my worth, my identity, my satisfaction was being found in being an athlete. I wanted to be the person on campus with the varsity letterman jacket, with the book bag, and everything, the gear, and people recognize me and think, oh, this person's important, or oh, he must be some person of status. That's what I was really striving after. And so when I didn't have those things, when those things failed me and I didn't get that opportunity, I was left unsatisfied. There was a void that was not filled. But Jesus reminded me of my identity, which I'll talk about a little bit more, that I'm his son, I'm loved, he has a plan for me. What he offers is good and really good and nothing in this world can truly fulfill and satisfy. So I ended up, after that, doing club track and field at Ohio State. I also played club football, but my mindset had changed and shifted. I said, now, instead of trying to find my worth and my performance and what I do, instead, I'm gonna use it as an opportunity to worship God. When I run, that is worship. When I use my gift and talent, that is worship unto God. And I can use this opportunity, this platform, to be able to share Christ with my teammates. So I'm gonna be super intentional about sh- telling them who Jesus is and sharing any opportunity I get. And I ended up uh, my senior year winning the national championship in the 110 meter hurdles. And I have proof to be able to show it right here. Nice! Yeah. And so he's very excited because Matt is like one of the avid like proponents of club track and field. He'll be at the championships this fall. But, yeah, this is awesome. This is really cool. But, um, like, that doesn't even matter. Like, in the moment, it was awesome. Like, I, I enjoyed it, and it was great, and I praised God for that opportunity. But, like, the next year, somebody broke the record, and I got third place. Like, and this is even the first place medal. This is the third place one. I don't even know where the first place medal is. So, like, the point is that, like, man, there's a lot of great things in life. There's a lot of things I'm, I'm sure a lot of you are hoping and desiring and hoping for, that you graduate, that you get in this school, that you have this GPA. But it won't truly fulfill and satisfy. Only Christ Jesus can, can do that. And I hope we can get into that a little bit more in this speech. And that's actually funny. I don't know where the first place bental is. All right, so uh, let's look at the verse. So I was, I was looking at what, what I should talk about, what I should look at, and this verse came up, and I was like, man, this was me when I was telling my story. It says, you have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're thirsty. You put on clothes, but you can't keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you're putting them in pockets filled with holes. And that's what was happening to me in my collegiate journey. I was looking to parties. I was looking to women to bring fulfillment and satisfaction. I was looking to my athletic achievements. I was looking to what team I was on, what gear I had, what people thought of me to bring true joy, satisfaction, fulfillment. But guess what? God showed me, like, "Uh uh-uh, you're looking in the wrong places because those things ultimately won't fulfill and last, and they're temporary, just like that record that was broken the next year. But God did a work in my life and he reminded me this, my identity, where it lied, what truly mattered, what brought fulfillment and satisfaction. And so what does satisfaction in Christ produce? A couple of different things. Number one, greater understanding of identity. I've already shared a little bit of that, but as you become more satisfied in Christ, you're reminded of your identity and who you are. If you are a believer, God loves you, he has a plan and purpose for you, he calls you his son, he calls you his daughter. He says, I'm your rock, I'm your foundation, I'm your refuge, I'm your fortress, you are forgiven. There's so many I am statements regarding identity that you can find in the Bible of God, what God says about you. And when you understand your identity, you're truly fulfilled and satisfied because guess what? I'm not athlete first and when I live like that, when my record gets broken, I'm crushed. When I do not get first place, I'm crushed. But if I remember and recall that my identity is in Christ first, I'm in a place of freedom where I can go compete and the, the, the performance will not define me. Whether I break the record or I get last place, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. And that identity matters first and foremost than anything else. You're not just a student you're a child or son of god you're not just a son or a daughter you're a child of god you're not your major whatever job you get you are son or daughter of god first and that is going to bring satisfaction when you truly know who you are in christ jesus number two satisfaction in christ produces a yearning for his presence jesus showed us the way of life is to drink from him He's calling us to fellowship. He's calling us to intimacy. He's calling us to communion. He says in the verse, what does he say? He says, if anyone thirsts, come drink. So he's giving an invitation. He's saying what? Come fellowship with me. Come have an intimate relationship with me. Come commune with me. Also, too, thinking about John 4. In John, it talks about water a lot. In John 4, the lady at the well Jesus talks to her. She's like, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for a drink. Basically saying, like, if you knew the power I had, you would come to me to find your fulfillment and satisfaction. And in the Beatitudes, in Matthew, it says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Will be filled. A daily filling is required. We have to desire, we have to want, we have to make time to spend it with God. The more you drink of God, the more you get in that fellowship and intimacy, the more you're going to want it and crave it. Your day's not going to be right because you didn't have your quiet time with the Lord. So it also says in, in some other verse, I don't remember where it is, but it says those who taste of, of God like, can't forget it. You want to help me out? Do you know that verse? Does anybody know that verse? Basically something like if, if you taste and drink of God, like you can't forget it. Or or there's another verse that says, taste and see how good the Lord is. Something like that. Yeah. But you get the point. You get the point. When you get a a, a little taste of who God is, his presence, how much he loves you, like what he has, who his character is, it's like, man, I want more of that. And I'm sure you know people in your life who have a really strong relationship with God, and you're like, man, I want to be like them. It's because they're in that quiet place. They're communing with Jesus. And he pours out his spirit without measure. So that means it's unlimited. He gives more and more. So every time... We make a commitment to spend time with God. He's going to give more and more. He's going to show more of who he is. And what does that time look like? It looks like a lot of different things. It looks like prayer, contemplative prayer with God, like praying out the word. It looks like worship, spending time in worship just like we did earlier. It looks like hosting his presence, just being still and quiet and saying, God, I'm here. I'm not going to let any distractions come. I just want to hear your voice. Number three, satisfaction in Christ produces this, alignment with his will, basically living in your calling and purpose. You're gonna be in alignment with what he wants if you're satisfied in God, because you know that what he calls you to do, what he's asking you to do, is much better than anything else, anything else that you would wanna do or anything you would want to desire. Jesus said again in John, along the lines of the same story with the woman at the well, the disciples were like, uh, something about food. He's like, where'd you get this food from? Or maybe Jesus is mad because we didn't get bring bread. He's like, oh my gosh, do you not see what I'm talking about? He's saying, my food is to do the will of God and uh, fulfill the word of the one who sent me. What is he trying to say from that? He's saying his sustenance came from doing what God asked him to do. That's when he felt truly fulfilled and satisfied when he was in alignment following God's will and plan that he had for his life. There's so much joy in what God asks you to do. There's so much joy when you're walking in what he asks you to do. Like with sport, when I finally understood that thing about identity, now sport became something that was so much enjoyable. It wasn't a burden anymore because God gave me this talent. Now I was free to do it and perform and have fun with it and also use it as a tool to be able to share Christ. Uh, I also work with FCA. Um, I go to local high schools, and I do a devotional with the team, and that brings so much joy and satisfaction, knowing that I'm using the platform of sport, which I love so much, to be able to encourage young athletes. Here at UK, I I have so much joy in teaching, because I get the opportunity to build up and invest in young people, and especially when there's opportunities to share about God, or some kind of story comes up, or I ask students what's important in their life, and they say, uh, my, the most important thing in my life is Christ. I'm like, yes, I'm going to talk to them. So stuff like that, that brings me fulfillment. That brings me joy because I'm like, this is the calling that God's given me. And I'm so, I feel so filled when I'm walking in what he asks me to do, what he tells me to do, what his will is for my life. And then the last thing, satisfaction in Christ produces a desire to serve others. Now, out of what God does for you, you're so fulfilled You're so filled up that it's like, I can't hold this to myself. I want to take it out. I want to bring it to the ends of the earth, okay? Uh, Like the mission, you're like, now I want to make him known, right? Because of what he's done for me. So um, uh, the verse that says, out of him will flow rivers of living water. So, whoa, okay. First, we got to drink his water. And then guess what? Our cup is going to overflow, And then that's when we start pouring into others. I'm sure you've heard the saying, you can't pour out of a a what? An empty empty cup, cup, right? So where do you get filled up from? Right, it can only be Christ. You can get filled up by things of this world, but that's that bad water. You want that Purina or whatever, you got to drink from Jesus, okay? So you can't serve others if you're not getting filled up by Christ first, And that goes back to what we've talked about. Guess where that comes from? Uh, A yearning for his presence. you got to be in God's presence. That's where he fills you. You know what I've learned like over over time and what what I've observed is the ability to be able to do anything is not because you're trying harder or you're practicing. Those are important. The ability to do anything comes from being in God's presence and letting him fill you. And letting him work on you, letting him transform you, and that's where you're able to do incredible and mighty things. That's what Jesus did. Often it says Jesus would go away to pray. Jesus would go away to pray. He escaped the crowds to go away to pray. That's where he got the power to be able to do what he did because he he yearned to be with his Father to go pray. And so now, going back to number four, if we're doing that, now we're able to be in a place where we can serve others. We can pour out from the full glass that Christ has given us. But, Thomas reminded me, we have to remember that the essence of the Christian life is not what we can do for God. So don't get caught up in this service part, like, oh, I'm going to do this for God, I'm going to do this for God. But it's what God can and wants to do in and through you by his spirit. So saving, uh, uh, doing things is not going to make you any better with God. It's not going to save you. It's Overflow of what he's done and doing in your life. And so uh, another verse uh, that I thought of and that came up was from John. It says, Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for ceremonial washing. So this was one of the first miracles that Jesus did and involved water, which is crazy because Jesus often used this reference of food and water, which we talked about earlier. The significance of that. Food and water is only temporary fulfillment, but he was trying to tell us, he was trying to remind his disciples and the people that I am the one that can only truly fulfill you. And then moving on, in the rest of the verse, it says, or the chapter, it says, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine, and he didn't realize where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. He said to the bridegroom, everyone brings out the choice wine first and the cheaper wine later. But you've saved the best until now. So unlike the temporary uh, drink in this verse, the temporary satisfaction that came from that really good wine, one day we'll join the true wedding ceremony of Christ and his bride, which is us, the church. Christ is preparing us for an eternal feast that we'll have in heaven, one that brings eternal joy and fullness of satisfaction, because we'll be delighted in the presence of Jesus Christ. But this only comes if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, we have a restored relationship with God, and we can experience that eternal satisfaction we've been talking about all night. The very best, just like that wine. His blood was poured out as an offering to bring us to God. And most certainly in heaven, we'll see that. But even on this earth, we'll have glimpses where we get to see, like, man, I'm really satisfied in Christ, and I can't wait until that's fulfilled in heaven. He offers this gift to us always, to come to him, to be filled by his spirit, and live a spirit-directed life. I don't want anyone to leave this room not being 100% certain of their eternal, uh, where they're going for eternity, and not being 100% sure that uh, you're being fulfilled, you're being fully satisfied in Jesus Christ. So talk to me about it, talk to any of the staff members about it, and... Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. God, thank you so much for your word. Your word reminds us, God, that Jesus, you're the only one that can bring true fulfillment. You're the only one that can bring true satisfaction. God, so we pray that you would help us to eternalize this word, God, that we would not look to the things of this world. We would not look to the things that college offers to find fulfillment and satisfaction, but we would look to you first and foremost. God, we pray that you would fill the hearts of people who are yearning for something deeper, God. I pray that every person in this room would yearn for your presence, God, and that they would find that true joy, true fulfillment, true satisfaction is found only in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Kentucky Crew podcast. Crew is a family captivated by the joy of knowing Christ, united under the call to make him known. We keep our feet firmly planted in Kentucky and our eyes on the world. Follow us at @ukcrew on Instagram to learn more